and welcome to Success Quest. Become your best self and join the revolution to success. I'm Jacob Harmon. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. It's a great day to be thankful. And sometimes being thankful can be a little bit hard. I'll tell you right now, this morning has been a hard morning for me. Multiple things have happened, most of them out of my control, but it's just been a difficult day. And you know what? That's all right. Sometimes we're going to have difficult days. And one of the best things you can do to combat those hard days is to be grateful. So think to yourself, what are some things that you are thankful for today? On today's episode, we have another great interview for you. And this is an interview that I did with Vinny Enriquez, and I'm really excited to share it with you. Enjoy. Well, I'm super excited to have Vinny Enriquez with me today. How are you doing today, Vinny? Doing good. How you good. Doing? Good, good. Well, Vinny is a entrepreneur. He is a local realtor, and he also hosts another podcast called Road to Growth. I was lucky enough to be on that podcast a week or two ago. I don't know if the episode's come out yet. Last I no, checked, I, it hadn't. I have so much in the queue right now. It's crazy. <laughs> no like, worries. I think you're in like two, two weeks or something like that. Yeah, it's like, no yeah. worries. It's, it's kind of interesting in podcasting how you end up in almost like a time vortex. <laughs> it's, it's, well, it's so funny. Like a lot of people on the podcast and they'll be like, Oh yeah. So we're going to have an event in a week. And I'm like, uh, it's probably <laughs> going to be after this. So let's say it was a great event. Come to the next event. Right. Right. Yeah. Time just doesn't work the same anymore. And we're getting to the point where we have a little bit of a queue too. So I totally understand. Uh, but yeah, I was able to be on Vinny's podcast a few weeks ago and we had a great time just talking about business and entrepreneurship. And so I just had to have him on our podcast. Uh, so to get things started, what's your story, Vinny? Where, how did you get where you are now? Well, so before I get into the story, I just have to tell yeah. you, Jacob, that you said my last name better than I say. You rolled your tongue and everything like that. <laughs> and you mean like my Spanish is so bad. The funny thing is, 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 oh, really? is I I, I go by Vinny because my given name is Vicente Enriquez, uh-huh. and I really don't speak Spanish. Oh, so. <laughs> well, I do. <laughs> I <laughs> I lived for two years in Peru, and I speak Spanish. I, I still have a gringo accent, but but I do I, speak Spanish. <laughs> That's funny. So so I'll get into kind of my story. So uh, I was born in San Diego, uh, moved around a lot, actually went to uh, military school. Mm-hmm. At the age, I think it was first grade, I think I went to the military school. So first grade, went to military school, was there um, in L.A. for first and fifth grade, and then went to uh, New York, did a year out there in boarding school, military school. Moved up to uh, Northern California, then back to San Diego, then high school down here, and then college in the Bay Area, and then did some college in Europe, came back to San Diego. Is in construction, wow. in the construction field, and then uh, did a year in Afghanistan, and then came back here and got to real estate. Wow. So you've been all over the place, it sounds like. Yeah. So that's the one thing that I always kind of tell people. I, I've been lucky enough to... So I lived in London for about six months, lived in Prague for about a year, uh, lived in Afghanistan for about a year, uh, and then been lucky enough to travel a lot. Wow. That, that's really cool. I'd love to visit some of those places. I've only been to South America and in the United States. So, Or in South America? Uh, in Peru. 
Oh so, yeah, pretty exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it's no, it's it's great. I, I was uh, yeah, lucky to go down to like Argentina and Chile, uh-huh. and like so great great times. And I always tell people when I'm in the real estate field that like I've been lucky enough to travel all these different places, and I love San Diego. I think San Diego for myself has the best of everything that I'll be able to find, except public transportation. Mm. Europe by far has the best. It's crazy. Interesting. Yeah, I, I have heard that public transportation is really good in Europe. And one of the great things, too, is you can basically travel between all the countries, right? There's no no problems crossing borders. You can kind of just hop on a train and go wherever you want, can't you? Yeah, there, there was this. There, well, there still is a Ryanair. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm, it's been so long now. But Ryanair, back in the day, you could get flights for, like, seriously, no joke, like 15 pounds, 20 pounds, like really cheap. Hmm. And so they they made it where you actually had to be a local to or European to get these like cheap fares. But it was it was just crazy cheap. Like so it's really easy to travel. And I, it made it made it so easy that you could see two different cultures in like just a couple hours. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. That sounds like the dream to me. I, I I need to go to Europe. I actually have a brother that's in Europe, so I have a good excuse to go. I need to. Oh, we're in Europe. He's in Germany, and he's actually in the Air Force too. So, oh, nice. uh, speaking of military, he's that's where he's at right now, and he'll probably be there for at least four years, and then who knows after that. Uh, but that actually leads me into a question I have for you. So, just thinking about military life, uh, I know that in my brother's case, like it's a it's a pretty good career, and they take pretty good care of you. What made you decide? To come back well, so and get was, in real estate. I was never in, in the military. Oh. So I was I went to military school. Oh, I right? see. Okay. And and then in the in, when I got out of college, when I graduated college, we did construction work, but we did construction work on the military bases. Oh, okay. And, and, and then when I basically got a job opportunity through a friend of a friend, and they go, Hey, uh, I might have a gig for you in Afghanistan. And I was like, Okay, I thought nothing of it, talk. <laughs> and then I got a call one day. And, and he was like, hey, you got your passport? I was like, what? And this was like a couple months after I talked. And he's like, you got your passport? He goes, I need you on a flight uh, tomorrow. And I was like, oh, man, well, can I get a, a couple of days to think about this? Like, <laughs> I have a girlfriend. I got a job. I got all this stuff right now. You know, like, and he goes, well, you know what? Time goes really fast here. So I can give you t- uh, five days. Mm-hmm. So I, I talked to everyone out. And some people said yes. Some people said no. And in the end, I decided to, to get on a flight and go to Afghanistan. Wow. So, I mean, that sounds like it was definitely a hard decision. There was a lot of factors in there. How did you make that decision? What was the the turning point to say, you know what, I'm going to go do this? So it it was, so when I got out of, when I got out of college, I was a dual major in mass communications and business major. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't know what I wanted. I was bartending, doing those kind of things right in college and really, really didn't to know what extent. Mm-hmm. And I knew one thing. It was kind of funny. I knew one thing because I took an internship in a commercial real estate. And I was like, I'm not going to be in real estate. <laughs> right? And I did one thing. I'm not going to be in real estate. It's a, and so I was like, all right. So what am I doing? So I got this um, got this opportunity for a constr- uh, construction, doing some paperwork, doing like quality control and doing that kind of stuff. And so I was like, all right, I can do this. And so I was doing it. And I was getting good pay. The, the tough part about it, and I was doing that for about, I don't know, seven years, I think it was. Maybe six, I don't know. And I was doing that. I was getting good pay, but I didn't have a life. Mm-hmm. Like so, I was always out of town. I couldn't really have a really strong relationship. And 
it was draining me, but I didn't really know how bad it was draining me. Someone else had to actually pull me aside and just kind of tell me, go, what are you doing? You need to find another out. You got to find out another out. And so when this opportunity came about, I was like, I knew I needed an out and I was debating on, is this my out? Mm-hmm. Right. Is this my way to transition to something, something new, something else? And it was tough because, you know, the, the stuff you see when you're talking about like Afghanistan, like those kind of places, it was in the Helmand province, which, which was actually one of the more dangerous areas, right? In Afghanistan. And so my, my mm-hmm. brother was researching and he was like, Hey man, do you really want to go? Do you want to do this? And, and I was like, I just need, I know I need a, to find a pathway to something better. I was like, what's a year of my life really? <laughs> what's a year of my life? Right. It's like the count of Monte Cristo. He, t- he does it like eight years or nine years or whatever. And then he gets his life get something better. And I go, right. here's nothing. I go, the worst thing that could technically happen is that I get massively injured, lose limbs, that kind of stuff. And then uh-huh. it'd be worse. But if I die, right. The worst, if I, if I die, I'm not going to be effective because I'm already dead. It's going to be people I leave behind. So that's what I'm going to feel really bad. I mean, that's going to suck. Right. So I was like, I can give a year of my life. Mm-hmm. And if I come back, then it's fine. If I, if I don't, then someone's going to make money out of me. One of my family members. Yeah. So <clears throat> that's the way I looked at it. You know what I mean? And I was just like, I got to find something better. Yeah. Yeah. So almost just jumping on opportunities when they come and you definitely were weighing the risks and the benefits because there was a chance that you could die or, or be injured, but I know, I had no idea what I didn't, I mean, I didn't know what I didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. And looking back on that experience, are you glad you did it? Was it totally worth it? Yeah. I thought, I thought it was, I mean, I thought it was great. It was, it was, so there's an idea that you really only know yourself until you're outside your bubble. Right. And so like, if you're outside, like my, my San Diego bubble, right. Right. There's, or outside of my United States bubble, California bubble, so on and so forth. Right. Mm -hmm. That's when you know who you are. Right. My, there's things that we do on a daily basis that we think it's actually us, but Mm -hmm. it's, it's our societal norms, right. Our communal norms. Right. Right. It's actually happening. Like this, one of my professors had it and told me in Czech Republic, right? That he goes, he goes, how many times into the class, right? That you have a significant other, right? And you have a really good friend, right? And if your friend, right? And you are going to meet each other's significant others, right? And your significant other are going to meet each other, right? That's just so-called normal, quote unquote, right? Mm-hmm. He goes, my best friend, his wife has never met my wife. He goes, that's not the norm in, in, in here in Prague. He goes, that's that's the American norm. And so there's stuff that we look at that we yeah. think that are basically our norm, but it's not. And so by going to to this to Afghanistan and seeing how they live life differently or what they thought their norms were, I started was able to assess my own norms and saying, mm. okay, do I actually want that or is it something that I just believe that I'm supposed to do? Yeah. Oh, I love that. And I had, I had a similar experience when I went to Peru. Like I, like I said, I lived there for two whole years. And so I got pretty ingrained into the culture. I, I, by the end of it, I almost felt like I was a Peruvian <laughs> and it was such a great experience because I was able to step out of what I know and what I think I know about the world and realize that it's a lot bigger than I thought it was. And man, you, you really gain a lot of perspective. So I mean, to anyone listening to this, if you have the opportunity to go outside of your bubble, do it. 
It is so worth it. Uh, do you have any recommendations for maybe people who either don't have the opportunity to leave the country or maybe not they don't have the means to afford the travel? What are some things maybe that they could do to challenge those norms here in the United States? Any ideas there? I mean, I, I would I would think for, for anyone is just, I mean, probably the simplest things to do is to go to an area in your community, right? Maybe outside of your the community that you're always with. But even in like a if it's a predominantly Hispanic area or a Mexican area or a white area, whatever it might be, maybe just hanging out at a coffee shop, seeing how people interact with each other. Yeah. I mean, something like that, the simplest of things of, of a new community that you can just sit and just kind of relax and see how people are interact. You'll probably start assessing kind of stuff that you do. Yeah. People watching. It's, it's the best. <laughs> yeah. Just simply people watch. It's, it's one of like one of the best, I mean, for me, it's one of the, like the best things you can do is just, you start just, cause you start looking at your own quirks. Like my ex would tell me all the time, I would say say words all the time, and she'd just be like, "Oh my god, you're always saying this. You're always saying this." Like I can't tell, uh-huh. I can't tell, but because you're you're watching me, so you're picking up on these things, and it's just you don't know what you don't know because you're just you're mm-hmm. talking and your your mannerisms, the things you say, all that kind of thing. So it's nice just to be quiet and listen. Yeah, I love it. And and that's one of the big things that I've really enjoyed about podcasting is I get the opportunity to talk to so many people from all over the place. And these are people that I never would have spoken to if it weren't for the podcast, right? If I saw them walking down the street, I probably wouldn't say hi <laughs> just because I'm in my own little world, right? We We kind of all are. But I've loved the chance to get to talk to people who think differently than me. And I'm able to bounce ideas off of them. It's awesome. Well, I love it. It's so funny talking about like the podcast and these different platforms where you're talking to someone that you might never have the conversation do. I, I tell this kind of this joke. So when I was in college, we were getting divided into class and they're saying, okay, you're partnering up. And so I didn't have a partner. Me and this last, the other guy, we basically got kind of partnered up, right? We we're kind of whatever. So we do our whole thing. We became good buddies. And he tells me mm-hmm. like later on the semester, he goes, you know what, man? It's so funny, man. That when I when I first saw you from afar, we never really talked. I thought you're the biggest asshole around. Okay, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. It's so he, he and I was like, what? He goes, just I don't know how how you look or something like that. I, it was just because like I'm when I'm focused, it looks like I don't know that maybe I'm <laughs> look like a jerk, whatever it is. And that's not the case. But it's just so funny how people perceive you and look at uh-huh. you. And so me and him probably would never even talk mm-hmm. unless we we're kind of put in this kind of situation. Same kind of thing yeah. with the podcast. You with some of the people are talking about, you probably would never have a conversation with them. Yep. But you're put in the situation. So they have the conversation, you go, Oh my gosh, you are nothing like I expected. <laughs> right. It's it's amazing. And and that's another thing that I'd recommend to anyone who's listening. Not necessarily you don't have to go out and start a podcast, but have conversations with people. We're we're living in a world where it's so easy to just be in your own bubble, do your own thing. If you're, whenever I'm in a social situation, I look around and everyone's honed in on their phones. And I think there's just a little bit of social anxiety that's starting to prop up and we need to start challenging that. Well, I think the tough part about it is because in, in these environments, right, with the podcast we're having is we're talking about deep conversations. It's not superficial, mm-hmm. right? So when yeah. you go to events or what it might, might be, is if, if one person is only trying to go superficial, then you're not going to have that same kind of conversation, right? You, mm, you yeah. need you need the other you need both parties to be ready and real to kind of dive deeper and actually get to the root of who you are. Yeah, yeah. 
and I and I'm still not great at it. I'll I'll find myself looking at my phone when I'm out in the public too. If if especially like an elevator, oh my goodness, like I, I don't talk to people. But I'd like to start to change that because I I love talking to people and I love hearing their stories and learning from their perspectives. So well, it's definitely something we need to do better at. Okay, so okay, there's this person I had on the, the podcast the other day, right? And now the other day could be in a couple weeks, you know. But it. <laughs> Long story short, she's a neuroscience, or she's a she has a PhD in neuroscience, right? Mm-hmm. At, and and uh, she was in a car wreck, that kind of stuff, right? Before, like, as a young kid. But at the age of ten, her dad walks into her room and says, "Hey, this living situation is not going to work," and basically kicks her to the curb. Oh my god! Right, and so she's living on the street for four years at the age of ten, and she finally found another family, and so on and so forth. But, she, but her journey ends up being where she got a PhD in neuroscience, and now she tells you, right? she's smiling throughout the whole kind of podcast. She's smiling the whole time talking through. And I'm just like the person that I'm talking to when I originally started talking to about all smiles, and that kind of stuff. Right. I would have never guessed that she was on the street at that young of an age. Mm-hmm. Right. And the only way like you're talking about is by having that deep conversation. Yeah. And it's just, it's such a powerful thing. When you look at someone, you're like, I would have never guessed. Yeah. Everyone but has you a, have story. a story. I want to hear. Yeah. Exactly. Wow. That's amazing. This episode of Success Quest is sponsored by Audible. Audible, like you've already heard us talk about, is an amazing audiobook company. It allows you to listen to just about any book on just about any topic. If you want to learn something new, Audible is one of the best ways to do that because you can learn while you're on the go. I'm still reading a book called Indistractable by Nir Eyal, and I definitely recommend that book to you. To sign up for Audible, just go to mysuccessquest.com slash audible, and you'll get a free audiobook and two free Audible originals. After that, it's just $14.95 a month, and you'll get an audiobook and two Audible originals every single month after that. Thank you so much to Audible for sponsoring Success Quest. Well, look, I mean, we're already quite a bit into this and we haven't even talked at all about real estate or, or anything, uh, but you're, you're a real estate agent, Vinny. And my dad actually was a real estate agent years ago. He's now doing something else. So I know a little bit about it, but I've never done it on my own. What are, what are some of the challenges, but then also the, the great things about real estate? So about, uh, buying, buying real estate or selling real estate or actually, uh, doing it as for a living. Uh, doing it for a living. Let's start there. And then okay. maybe we can dig into some of the other stuff too. So doing it for a living every day is a new adventure, right? One of the things, the barrier of entry is really so low, right? I mean, you, you have a background in helping people with you know, digital marketing websites, so on and so forth. Right. Mm-hmm. So there, there's a knowledge base that you've accumulated. We've, we talked about it on the podcast, yeah. right? And it's, it's ever growing. Right. So the, the, the knowledge base of getting to real estate I'll be honest with you, it's fairly low, right? The, the barrier of entry is fairly low. You do grow an uh, understanding of real estate as, as it comes along. And I've been lucky enough to, to know the different in- nuances of defaults, foreclosures, divorce, so on and so forth, right? Mm-hmm. Yet the generic um, understanding that's required is, is fairly low. So anyone listening right now, if you're trying to get into it, you can take the classes and then get into real estate and then start helping people. Mm-hmm. Now, are you going to be the best realtor out there probably not you know what i mean you know, it's gonna take a little time that's why the failure rate is so high it's like based off of the stats that you go off of it's a 60 to 75 percent failure rate in the first year 
you know, and then the old stat was 95% failure rate by year three, right? So the barrier of entry getting in there is really low. It's just a matter of what you're going to do with it. Now, once, right. you're, once you're actually doing real estate, it, it's, you have to learn how to be okay with rejection, right? But every single deal you do, every single transaction you do, it, you're going to learn something new, right? You're going to be mm-hmm. that, that, that joy of one of your clients saying, Hey, I'm looking for this property. And you find that property, you be on market or off market. And then you give them the keys, right? It's mm-hmm. a powerful feeling, right? Yeah. Every most real estate transactions are done during a major life event, right? So you're around that major life event. It could be death. It could be a child. It could be marriage, whatever it might be. So you're gaining a, a great, mm-hmm. a strong relationship with your clients in these 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 moments, you know, that they're living through. So you can see the highs, you can see the lows. And it's it's just being that you're mm. you're gaining this friendships, these friends. I don't know. I think it's in a powerful thing right there. I mean, all those kind of those nuances, just every day is a new day and you get to help people. Like mm-hmm. for me, I I like helping people and I like seeing individuals grow. And so that's kind of why I started building a team yeah. and started growing and started doing coaching just because I, I like seeing people gain that knowledge base. And my mindset has always been that maybe I'm not the smartest person, right, in the room, but I'm going to outwork that person, right? So in real estate, if someone's looking to put the time into it, yeah, yeah. I can help them out, get to where they want to get to. Uh, so a quick question for you. Um, real estate is it can be hard because it's, isn't it like a feast or famine type of thing where you, you sell a property and great, a bunch of money just came in, but then you could go months without selling another one. And how do you deal with that when it comes to finances and budgeting? Yeah. So it's the one, I mean, I don't know. I, <laughs> it, I look at real estate as it's a business that you can fail over time and still succeed. Mm-hmm. Right. So you'll see people, and you'll see people that have been in the business for a while, right? That do real estate as a side path, side career, right? Yet their friends go, oh, they're a real estate agent. And, and most people, right, they'll see mm-hmm. real estate agents as a dime a dozen, so on and so forth, right? So you'll see individuals that have a steady career doing real estate on the side. And so that's how they're able to overcome the idea of the feast of famine mindset, right? For, mm-hmm. for myself and the things I coach, I mean, because we're fully into this and my client, my, my team members are fully into this. It's prospecting. The um, the biggest downfall for most people that follow the business, they don't have like a, a side career, whatever it might be, and then are going fully into it, is they will focus on the transaction. They'll focus on getting the deal. Then they'll focus on the transaction. And then they'll go back to finding a new deal. But mm-hmm. what you need to do is you need to always be prospecting, always trying to find that next deal. Right. Right. And the one tidbit that I found out or that I, I learned a while back was there's a difference between a good agent and a great agent, right? And the good agent focuses on how they can make that escrow, right? That one deal mm-hmm. better while the great agent will focus on how they can make the system better. Right. Right. So if there's an issue that comes up in that escrow, figure out the system, how you can get it corrected for the next time. Mm-hmm. So it's just looking bigger instead of focusing hyper focus on that one deal, focus on Five deals, 10 deals, 20 deals, 100 deals. Right. Whatever. Makes a lot of sense. And I think that that is applicable to just about any business. 
Um, if you have a continuous funnel of people in all stages of the process, people that you're just barely starting to talk to people that you're signing with. And I, I think that that's a very good thing because it's, it's easy to get hyper-focused. I mean, from the web design perspective, it's really easy when I'm working on a website and working with a client to really just focus on that website. And then I forget about, Oh yeah, I probably should be getting new clients brought in so that as soon as this website's finished, I'm, I have a project to work on. Right. So yeah, I think that that's definitely applicable in all areas of business. It's thank you for that. And with you, with you guys, with uh, web design, there's so many widgets too out there. that seems like you can mess around with mm-hmm. man. Like it's easy to oh get my distracted. Gosh, <laughs> oh my God. I, I, in college, I did a, a college TV show and I would edit the um, the videos and all that kind of stuff. And I don't remember how many times I would I would lose track of time because I'm just editing this stuff, getting kind of hyper focused into it. And so I can only imagine building a website every day. Like you got to really keep track of your time. Yeah, well, yeah. And it's, it's easy to get distracted. And sometimes what I like to do is focus so much on the tools. <laughs> I'm always like, ooh, can I find a new program that'll do this for me? <laughs> but but I need to be careful because I can get down rabbit holes really easily that way. Whereas instead I just need to focus on getting the the work done. And then when I have extra time I can I can focus a little bit on tools and stuff. So and anyways, business is fun. You have to learn where to prioritize your time for sure. So another question that I have for you is it's actually going back a little bit in the interview, but you mentioned before you went to that year in Afghanistan that you didn't feel very fulfilled, uh, that you were maybe a little too focused on your job, not focused enough on relationships. Balance is a hard thing. Uh, what recommendations do you have for our audience? Because I feel like a lot of people get into that. They get just so bogged down with the day to day. And they don't necessarily feel fulfilled in their jobs. What what can we do about that? Well, I mean, for that right there, when I was at that company, there's I'm not sh- I mean, putting the boundaries more, but I don't think that would have really worked well with that that boss. And that's why I kind of knew I had to get a game plan out. I know for myself in this in in the real estate industry, um, when I first was in the when I when I first started the business, you know, I would pick up calls every single moment of the day, it didn't matter when it was. And then I started slowly building out uh, boundaries. Mm-hmm. So when I when I leave the office, I don't check my emails. You know what I mean? Wow. When I at a certain time, I don't check my calls. Like I mean, there's because there's reality is there's things you can't deal with. There's nothing you can deal with at, at eight o'clock at night, right? Mm-hmm. If if there's something with the escrow, I mean, maybe you can give them some kind of feedback on it, but there's not a lot you can do at that time. And by holding off from eight o'clock to seven in the morning, whatever, six in the morning or eight in the morning, whichever you get in the office, you'll be fine. Mm-hmm. The house isn't going to burn down. No one's going to die. It's all going to be fine. Yeah. So just keep on telling yourself, you know, you're not as important as you think you are. <laughs> right. Give yourself the night off. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I, I, that, that's great advice. And something that I've tried to do is, is be a little bit more in control of, of my time. And I've been trying to be home when I'm home and be at work when I'm at work. And it's a little harder with the podcast, (laughs) but, but I'm definitely trying to figure out that whole work life balance thing because really this life is meant to be enjoyed. Right. And if we're working all the time, then, then it's hard to do that. So. Yeah. And stress is a real thing. I mean, you, you won't even know that you're stressed out or you're burnt out until it's too late. So you only have one life to live, right? 
that's weird. That's a t-shirt, isn't it? The only one life lives. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> if it's not, I think I'll make it into one. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And so let's let's dive. I mean, we don't have a whole lot of time left, but let's dive a little bit into this podcast that you're doing. Uh, what inspired you to start a podcast? I mean, so with the coaching and helping people kind of grow in the real estate field, I was seeing so many people, right, that were like, oh my gosh, so-and-so did it so easy. So-and-so did that so easy. Or they just told me that they did this, blah, blah. And like, there's so much false bravado in, in this field. And I know in other fields too, right? So, and I like to be as real and honest with people as possible. So the thing is, what was happening is I was mm-hmm. telling people, I go, that's not the case. Put the hard work in. It's going to pay off. It's going to pay off. You know, I mean, it's not as easy as I'm trying to say it is. Mm-hmm. It's not that easy, right? You got to do this. You got to do this. got to do this. And I could speak until I was blue in the face, but some of the people weren't listening to me, right? And then on the other side, us cold calling, door knocking, we'd come across stories where people were just like, oh, I did this, or I do this. And these are great stories, great, you know, great stories right there. The, the thing is, is at that time, we're not able to maybe help them out to buy or sell, right? Because most people only buy and sell every five to seven years. Mm-hmm. So we're like, okay, well, Lisa, this person has a great story. This person right here doesn't, they believe everything they see on social media. Let me tell the story. And so I started the podcast and I came up with the idea last December, I think it was, and put my first episode out um, uh, end of January. That's amazing. And obviously I, I know a little bit about podcasting. I'm still figuring it all out though. What are some of the, the things that you found are the hardest about your podcast and what makes it rewarding? So the hardest I think is, because I'm, I, I, I juggle a lot of hats, I still do some coaching, still have the real estate team, and then with the podcast and some other avenues that I'm, I'm doing, it's a lot of juggling. So it's finding out what's the best ways of uh, leveraging the platforms, like social media, getting different, more eyes on the platforms. You really want stuff streamlined. And so I was looking at, I was talking to someone in Ireland, and they have their Instagram really streamlined to use their podcast. They're getting quotes off their podcast. But then they have a few different templates, I think four or five templates they use, and they input basically a picture and some of the quotes and then just kind of have it really streamlined. So if you look on their Instagram, it's really clean. Mm. So just trying to find the- I'll have to steal that idea. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? And I was looking at their stuff and I was like, I reached out to them and we started talking, but it's just so easy how everyone's so readily available if you talk to, if you just reach out. But yeah, so they have like, like I think it's like four or five different templates and they just kind of change the small nuances of each one. And they just post it. So it looks really clean. So I still got to work on that and put that together. Um, so stuff like that is figuring it out. Right now I'm, I'm trying to get a visual component to it. Because I had a, I was talking to a six-year-old mm-hmm. kid that uh, he's building a clothing line. And we were talking about it. And he's like, hey, reality is a lot of my friends are, are watching YouTube more so than listening to podcasts. And so I was like, okay, well, I got to get a visual mm-hmm. component too. So I'm kind of working on that. So just small things like that, I think, are, are more difficult. Yeah. Because you really don't want to spend too much time because when you start when you start going with a podcast at least it seems like you're not going to monetize it you know <laughs> maybe till later on so you don't want to spend too much time on something you're not going to get really paid for yeah because then you're going to be broke and you're going to do it you're going to get burnt out and so on mm-hmm. and so forth right so i think yeah and i think one of the most rewarding things is talking to all these individuals like yourself like hearing these great stories like it's just powering. Like, I mean, you get to talk to all these people and you hear where they came from, what they're doing. And you're like, Oh my <laughs> gosh, man. What a, 
I can work an extra hour today or I can go to the gym a little right. bit earlier tomorrow. I can do this. Like, and you start picking things up and you start learning things from the other people and you get to tell their stories. Like you're like, how is this person in this story? Not all over yeah. the internet. And I, I think part of that is just like we mentioned before, almost everyone has a story. And so there's just so much out there. There's so much information that it's impossible to parse through it all. It's crazy. Thank you well, so much. So, oh, yeah, go oh, ahead. I was say, so anyone listening, uh, Road to Growth, Google it. Road to Growth podcast. Yes, yes, absolutely. And you know what? I always tell people whenever we have anyone on that has a podcast, you're the target audience. Obviously, you listen to podcasts. <laughs> so you're in a podcast app right now. Go ahead and click the search button and search Road to Growth and I've listened to it, Vinny, and it's an, it's an amazing podcast. If you guys like our podcast, you'll like Vinny's podcast for sure. Uh, is there any last tips or anything you'd like to tell to our audience, the people that are trying to find success? One thing that I thought was was really interesting, so I was talking to this guy actually today on, on my podcast, and so he's walking me through his failures and successes, right? And he goes, mm-hmm. I... I have this successful business. I have this one. I have this one. And I failed in this one. I failed in this one. Right. And he's telling me all ideas. And I'm like, Oh, this is a great, cool idea. Great idea. Blah, blah. But then I, and he kept on talking about throwing in there. He goes, my passion is helping people. Right. And so then I, I was listening to listening to more and he was just everything that he succeeded in was had some kind of nuance, some kind of like focus on helping people and everything he failed in was basically just an idea that didn't really have a strong correlation to help people. So it was his passion mm-hmm. to help people. And that's why it seemed like these platforms were able to succeed. And I think that's so true in, in any kind of field you go after is you have to have a passion. You have to have a reason why that you wake up in the morning because mm-hmm. every day is not going to be easy, but you have to have that big why that's going to push you through those hard days. That's going to push you through and say, Hey, you know what? I can do another day. I can do another two days. I can do another three. Days. I love what I do. Yeah. That, that is perfect advice. Find your why, people. If 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 you don't know why you're doing something, you're not going to succeed, for sure. All right. Well, thank you, Vinny. Where can people find you if they want to reach out to you, connect with you? I mean, we've talked about Road to Growth a little bit, but where else can they find you? Yeah, so San Diego, uh, Vinny Enriquez. I think I'm on like, only two other realtors in San Diego with Vinny. Um, you know, I'll, I'll throw my cell phone out. Uh, 858-345-7829. Wow, I love it. (laughs) 858-345-7829. Yeah, feel free to reach out. If you know anybody looking for real estate help, uh, reach out. Okay, thank you so much. And I'm going to go ahead and throw some links in the description too. If you have anything extra you want me to throw in there, go ahead and send it my way and I'll put it down there. Um, Well, thank you so much, Vinny. I've I've learned a lot. So thanks for being here. Thank, Thank you for having me on, Jacob. Appreciate it. Of course. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Success Quest. I'm just going to give you one invitation today, and that is to visit our website. Go to www.mysuccessquest.com and see all the things that we have to offer. You can look at past podcast episodes and all the show notes. You can also click um, the Support Us button and take a look at all the different ways you can support Success Quest. Just go explore our website, and while you're at it, don't hesitate to share it with others. Thank you so much for listening and have a successful day.